Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. I miss when you used to start out these saying, so Aaron. <laughs> so Aaron. <laughs> um, learning, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before, different ways to acquire a skill or to kind of stay current. But I, I, I thought today, like an interesting question would be just about like the different styles or methods of learning, if you want to call it that, you know, like, like what, what do you do when you want to learn something and does it matter? It, like if it's, I need to learn this because I'm being paid to do this, or I need to learn this because I'm just curious and I want to expand my horizons. Mm -hmm. So I'll start. I can, I can talk about how I like to learn. Um, I, I tend to be more hands-on. I find that if I, if I'm reading a book, for example, I really should be, and we're talking about learning technology too. Mm -hmm. Obviously this would change depending on the subject matter. Um, but I, I like to be learning that sitting at the keyboard because I, I take more of a kind of an active role in, in learning, which is if somebody says something in a book, I don't just be like, mm -hmm, that's right. I'm like, really? Or why? Or, you know, like what's behind that? And so Sometimes a statement will be made or a code, code sample will be presented. And I like to actually try it out and experiment. Like, well, what, what if we didn't put that one thing in there? Would it still do the work the same way? Or like, like why, why is this there? So um, for me, hands-on, like sitting on the couch reading the tech book, I, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. Um, I kind of have a bad memory to begin with. <laughs> or like just watching a video course, you know, for hours on end without actually trying to do anything. It's no good for me. I'm, I'm not going to come away from that feeling any better about what I know. Well, I, I mean, to play a little devil's advocate here, I think you're giving examples of things that aren't how those learners would do it, though. Um, so like a visual course, someone probably won't watch hours on end. They'll watch half an hour to an hour and then go and do something else. So there's a difference between saying like you just watch it for a long time or you watch it mm -hmm. in small segments. And then as you go and do something else unrelated, it synthesizes in your brain. Oh, so you're saying like, um, I watch 30 minutes and then I go like vacuum the living room. I'm not like going to sit down at the computer and try to use it. But yeah, I, I could see that would be a, maybe a step in between. But I, I, I still feel like if I don't actually try to do something with the knowledge, the recently acquired knowledge, it just doesn't stick in my brain. It doesn't like connect to what I already know in a way if I don't do that. Yeah, I, I follow what you're saying. You know, that, mm -hmm. that's why I'm sticking up for the other learners because there's different learner types, right? Okay. And that's kind of what that's what you're kind of talking about here is, um, for example, I well, I remember we had this conversation when we were writing our validation book is I just wanted to write the book and you wanted to add on the exercises. <laughs> I do. And, remember and I was I was like, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to do exercises because it reminded mm -hmm. me of being in school. And so when I was in school. I was I was probably a little bothersome to teachers, mm -hmm. but the way I I learn is I'm a listener or like a watcher. Okay, um, and so I would stare at the teachers and just listen. And you know when they're lecturing stuff, and, and when they were done, for me there was no amount of exercises that were going to help me because I was like, why are you making me do a contrived sort of thing? I don't like contrived work. It's going to help you remember. I'm like, no. The more you push me to do something I don't want to do, the less mm -hmm. I'm going to remember of the thing I thought I just learned. And, and so well, go ahead, go ahead, because I, I have a uh, follow up question, but yeah. And and so, I mean, I, again, it, it, there's all different layers and levels to this stuff, meaning like, are you learning something to know about it or to implement it? 
Mm-hmm. So there's oh, a difference sure. there because I'll learn about a lot of things to know about it and have enough information to make smart decisions in the future on what I need to look at again mm-hmm. versus if there's something I need to learn to implement it. Well, then I'm probably learning about it and then applying it right away. But I don't necessarily apply stuff or sit in front of the keyboard and do fake exercises while I'm learning something that I don't need to um, apply immediately. I'd rather just apply mm-hmm. it immediately. So, and that makes sense to me. So if you're just learning, you know, like, let's take a random example, like the the Rust programming language, you have no plans to use it in work, but you're like kind of curious, like people are talking about it. Like, what's mm-hmm. the big deal? Like that's, that's one level of learning, just like curiosity driven versus like, well, I, I need to implement some geolocation logic tomorrow and I don't know how to do that the right way. So I really need to learn that right now. Right. Yeah. Like, that's what you're saying. I, I yeah. would agree with that. I, I, the, the more casual learning, um, curiosity driven. Yeah, I probably I'm not sitting there like trying to exercise it and, and play with it. But um, so the question I had as you were talking about, like the example in school where you're like just staring at the teacher, um, I'm kind of <laughs> curious, like, like what what mentally is going on in your mind? Like, are, are you literally just kind of like passively listening or are you highlighting in your mind like key points and like somehow tucking that away somewhere? Or like, is is there a process or? Um, I don't know if that's even possible to try to explain how you think about something. Yeah. I, um, so I, I'm not claiming my way is the better way because I, mm-hmm. I don't even I don't think it is. I mean, okay. if you look if you look at all the science out there, everyone says the way I do stuff is wrong, which. OK, cool. Um, <laughs> it works for so me. You're objectively and, wrong is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm totally okay. fine with that because it does work for me, mm-hmm. I think. But for, but like when we talk about like taking notes or something too, yeah. like highlighting the things like notes are good and as i get older i'm finding them more valuable but it's there's a different type of note there's two different notes there's one for those main points like reinforcing those main points and there's one for remembering details yeah and there's kind of a difference between those subtle but a big difference is and i i will start to forget the main detail if i'm taking notes on the main detail Mm -hmm. but if if i if i hear something that's like super weird and and very niche I'll write that down because I'm like, I didn't know that. I can't even remember it as they're saying it. So mm-hmm. I better write it down because I'll never remember it in real time, but at yeah. least I'll have it on my paper. Yeah. I, and I've seen that too, like with, uh, you know, listening to a lecture or something, if you're trying to like literally record the words they're saying, you're you're not going to actually hear anything that's happening. Like it's just, you're just so busy trying to frantically write everything down or type it or, or whatever you're doing. Um, but, but no, and, and I guess I, when I kind of share my approach to learning, I'm not even saying it's the one true way either, but it is curious to me. Like, I wonder if some of it has to do with um, memory, you know, because I, I I joke about it, but I do forget things that. Yeah, I know. I've noticed. <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I, I had a friend like, you know, he could read a novel and like I read it the year before. And he'd be asking me all these details about characters. I'm like, I have no idea. I can't remember. That was a year ago. Yeah, that's, <laughs> but but that's my, my point is like some people I feel I don't know if it's the way their brain works or what, but they just can really latch on to something and remember it in more detail than I feel mm-hmm. like I can. So I, like yeah. I, I guess I'm saying I need more help. That's why maybe that's why I've adopted a particular learning style. Well, yeah, I think I think I'm just going to double back on one thing. I think you have to be careful not to be guilty of um, looking at other learning styles and looking at their extreme versions. Mm, so yeah. again, when you talk about like taking notes on the main point right away, mm-hmm. you went to, well, if you're trying to write down everything that they say, I'm like, that's not what I said. No, I, I said, just, just uh, some <laughs> notes on the main points. I don't, right. I can't even do that because mm-hmm. that just distracts me too much. 
Yeah. So I'd rather just pay attention to the thing. Now, again, there's there's pros and cons to all of this, but I, I, you do have something right when you talk about the, the different types of brains. Not everyone is the same. And, you know, that's we sh- we, we can't try to pretend that we are. No. So for me, like I said, it's it's hard to explain what's going on in my mind. I <laughs> I had a girlfriend once that really challenged me and said, what are you thinking about? Which there's a whole set of jokes behind that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I told her nothing. And she just couldn't comprehend. I was thinking about nothing. Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of thing when you said, "Well, what are you what are you doing with your right. with your brain?" Yeah. Um, I can't. I I don't know specifically, except that mm-hmm. I'm extremely there in the moment. Okay. So I'm listening, and I don't think I'm doing anything else but listening. And mm-hmm. for my brain, that works. Yeah. So I've seen other people that have to write stuff down, and that's their way. They have to write it down, or they'll never remember it. Yeah. You know, there's people that can read, there's people that can listen, there's people that have to do hands-on stuff. And there's, I think that's the basics of three, right? The hands-on, the listener, and like the reader. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, each one is just a little bit different and has their own set of skill sets. And it's almost, it, it just feels impossible to understand the other <laughs> sets to me. <laughs> You're probably right. Um, so one one other area that we haven't touched on yet is the idea of like actually getting live help from another person, you know, coaching. Mm-hmm. This is something we've done, you know, for other developers and teams. Um, and, and it's, it's something I've used in different areas of business and things like that. So um, what's, what's your approach to that? Because sometimes it, it, whether it's like a tactical thing, like I'm, I'm working in a team and I'm kind of stuck on a problem or like a larger thing, like I want to get better at this and I'm just not doing it on my own. Like, do you have an approach in mind for when to ask for help and, when to like maybe consider coaching or, or some more hands-on help from somebody? Yeah, I think um, when you start, when you go down the road of, of working and learning on something and, and mm-hmm. no matter what, like after a while you can start, if you're really honest with yourself, you can tell when you're not doing it right or, <laughs> right. or like not learning better. Like when yeah. you, when you constantly have to go back to a manual for something yeah. or like you, you write everything you write, there's like a level, I, I think great programmers have a level of like, oh, that could have been better when they mm-hmm. finish it, but they can move on. Whereas another level is, um, I, I don't know why that's okay. Like, I don't know why right. that's working yep. and you continually don't know why things, you know, I yeah. think that's the, the time to reach out to the coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but to extend on your question a little bit, like I want to look at it from the opposite side too. Okay. W- one of the things that you need to understand if you're going to ask for coaching, then is that you have to then decide and honor and trust that coach because that's one of the things that I I do when I start coaching people is I have to I, I kind of beat on them with knowledge until <laughs> they kind of give up and then have trust yeah. because if you don't trust your coach you're going to you're not going to learn from them as much because sometimes things have to happen and you just have to not know why because you already don't know why mm-hmm. to get you past mm-hmm. that first hump so that the picture is clearer for you yeah no, I, th- I think that's a fair point. I mean, you don't want to just blindly follow somebody, but you the reason you reached out to them as a coach in the first place is you already had some proof that they know what they're talking about. So once yeah. you're now paying them to help you or, or whatever the relationship is, like right. don't don't be counterproductive and like resist it. And and one of the other things too, I, I've experienced this somewhat is um, you know, you're coaching somebody and and there there's an expectation that they're just magically going to get better. It's like, no, you still have to put in the work. Like you have to do the things I'm telling you to do. You know, in a coaching arrangement, generally you you meet periodically with somebody, but then the time in between, they have to do the work. You know, like, I, like uh, I'm going for physical therapy right now. If I don't do like any work in between those visits, it's going to get better way slower. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so it's the same the same approach with coaching. You have to um, you still have to take ownership for it. You're just you're being led and guided by somebody that's been there before. And so you'll get to the destination faster if if you do the work. So what do you think about peanut butter and banana sandwiches? Um, it's not currently in my diet, but I, I the flavor combination seems appealing to me. I've probably had one in the past. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's pretty funny to me that if you think about like some things that like just make sense to you or you've kind of grown up with mm-hmm. and other people have never worked with it at all. Okay. Uh, a buddy of mine, you know, I mentioned he had he's like, oh, I got some bananas and whatever. I was like, oh, you should make peanut butter and, and banana sandwich. And he goes, what? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I thought he was messing with me. So I was like, you know, peanut butter and banana sandwich. He's like, I and then what? I'm like, what? eat it <laughs> you know um and and so he's like yeah i never had a peanut butter and a banana sandwich i'm like mm-hmm. okay you're gonna have to buy that on the way yeah. home and 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 so Go i guess fill he that did. void in your life yeah I, I guess he did and it was okay. like three or four days later is like 10 15 at night and i get a, a text message from him just out of the blue saying man this was amazing and i'm nice. like looking at that going but but at, at that time i'm like what is he talking about oh. It's like, well, what did you send me yep. at 10 in the, I'm like, did, this did, the you, wrong did person? you send this to the right person? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, peanut butter and banana. Uh, so I guess that was my good, my good deeds for the, um, yeah. uh, for the, for the week is to point out on our podcast too, that if you haven't ever had a peanut butter and banana sandwich, so that is, uh, that is banana with peanut butter on bread, preferably mm-hmm. toast. Um, because then Fancy. the peanut butter kind of like melts a little bit yeah. too, depending on what you have. Yeah. Um, you, you can, should I, definitely... can I just point something out? Yeah. Because if you've never heard of this concept, you don't put a whole banana just like the sideways on the sandwich, right? Oh, you, yeah. you cut it up into like little discs and lay no, it. No, on no, the no, no. What? You put into it in a little hot dog bun and it's just no, like the whole banana. No, no, in there. no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't cut it into little discs. I you do. cut it, you cut it in half. And then yeah. you cut it lengthwise so you can put the four pieces straight across. Otherwise, if you put the little disc, you have little spots in between where there's no banana. But if you cut them I mean, in half and then you cut them in court, like in lengthwise, then they're all like kind of like lined up like spooned banana. Are you telling me my parents did it wrong? <laughs> I, I've, I saw someone do that once. and I thought they were messing with me. No. Who, who discs their banana? Well, it's it's an easier cutting operation, especially if your banana is super curvy, you know, to like <sighs> evenly get that. But I, I I can't argue with the geometry of your solution. It's it's certainly there's more surface area of banana if you do it your way. Everyone has to do it from time to time, and so do we. We have to ask you to share our podcast. Go to show.nocompromises.io and there's probably a link you can click there or something to share it.